Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Depending on when you're listening, you may be considering some changes to your life. They could be work-related, family, finance, or religious. Today, Pastor Jim finishes this series with a thought for you to consider as you listen and continue living your life. What is your motivation? Even if you can't put your finger on it right now, there is something that is motivating you today that will continue tomorrow. And when you discover what it is, you will find something unique, created by God only for you. So let's join Pastor Jim in the book of Luke chapter 2 as he continues his message, A Present from Heaven, Purpose. Simeon says in verse 28, takes him up into his arms. What is he doing? He's receiving his Savior. That's what we need to do. We need to take him up into our arms to receive our Savior, our Messiah, the one that the Word of God promised. You can meet Jesus today. You can come back to Jesus today through faith and trust in the one we celebrated just a week ago, the Christ, the Messiah of the manger who will give meaning and purpose to your life. Well, that takes us to number two, the message, verse 29. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. Some versions say releasing. So this is Simeon talking now. That's called the Nuke Davidus. Those of you who speak Latin. Any of you speak Latin? Wow, one. Okay. Don't pick on my pronunciations. The Spanish people here don't, so you can't. Okay. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. Some versions say releasing, others say dismissing. Now, it appears he's talking about his death. Other people have all other kinds of reasons. I don't know what they are. According to your word. What does that tell us about him? He is a man of the word. Let me ask you, guys, let me ask you a question. How would you like it if people knew you as a man of the word? Wouldn't you like that? I love the machismo of that, man. That dude's a man of the word. And now I know you ladies are women of the word. <laughs> but he's a man of the word. Now look at verse 30. It's huge. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face or the, some verses say the presence of all peoples. Remember? Plenty of room for everybody on the bus a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles, the non-Jews, and the glory of your people, Israel. So Simeon tells us that he knows that the time of the Messiah has come and the promise, and it says in verse 31, was made to all peoples. And what does he say? I have seen it. I have seen it. Is that one of the greatest parts about being a Christian? about being a true follower of Jesus Christ is when you see other people come to Jesus, right? And you're like, I've seen it. I've seen it. Simeon is so overjoyed that whatever the next step of life is, whatever God's purpose is for him, he is ready to take it. Whatever it is, God, if it's death, that's okay. Whatever it is the next step, I am ready for it. How can that be? Because he has embraced the message that through Jesus, God will bring 
salvation. But not just to Israel. Because he's a man of the word, he sees what I would call Isaiah's servant of the Lord, or people refer to as Isaiah's servant of the Lord. Simeon knows the mission of the child is to be the savior of the world. Listen to what the Lord says 700 years through the prophet Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus comes, Isaiah 49, 6. This is God talking, Yahweh talking to the servant of the Lord. I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles, to the non-Jews, that you should be my salvation. That's a very important statement there. You should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. So Yahweh just called the servant of the Lord my salvation. The Holy Spirit says through Simeon, as we fast forward to the New Testament, my eyes have seen your salvation. So this is what's a very important thing to remember. Not only does Jesus bring salvation, Jesus is salvation. He said in Isaiah that you should be my salvation. We often talk about something, and those of you who are older, you remember it from Campus Crusade and Bill Bright and all that, about the plan of salvation, and that's okay. There is a plan of salvation, things like the Romans Road and stuff like that we used to share with people. Now they don't know what we're talking about. We think, well, we're in Italy now? What are you talking about? (laughs) But that's okay to talk about the plan of salvation. But Simeon wants us to know the plan is a person. The plan is a person the Christmas child, savior of the world, and he's telling everybody right now, and he's telling the Lord, I know, I'm holding him in my arms, and he's in the temple right now. And he's come for all people. All people. He has come to bring you to God, or he has come to bring you back to God. We said a lot of times salvation in the Old Testament has to deal with the idea of coming home. God wants to bring you home, wants to adopt you. We read it in Galatians, and bring you home. Personally, I find Simeon's confidence in the Christmas child, in God the Father, in the Holy Spirit, and the Word of God to be staggering, to be staggering. For many of us, Babies steal our hearts. Do you ever hold a little baby and just like, oh, just steals your heart? But see, this baby has stolen not only Simeon's heart, but stolen his soul as well. You know, there's a good chance that Simeon's purpose was to reveal this to us, and his next step will be glory. And the thing is, he's okay with it. If that's so, we see in him the joy of faithfully following and obeying the Lord and serving him with joy all the way to the end. A lot of people think he was old. We don't know. Good chance. But he was waiting and waiting and waiting, serving God the whole time, going to the temple the whole time. And now he has seen his Savior. Don't you want it to be said of you? 
that you finished well? Anybody can start well. But to finish well is such a wonderful thing. I really don't care what's behind me, the Apostle Paul said. I care what's in front of me. And I'm, I got in the same way. I, I just want to finish well, and I hope you do too. For the church, for all followers of Jesus, our mission, our purpose will be to proclaim the message, the good news, to all people every day. And then to help them, and we've got to, you know, get our face in the books, to help them to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you do that, not out of guilt, but when you do that out of grace-motivated effort, it will bring you a sense of contentment. Now, you say it's easy for you to say you're the pastor, dude. I think the most satisfying thing in my life is to sit with someone and watch them growing in grace right before my eyes. Like telling them things about God and about Jesus, and they're like, they're getting it. They're getting it. You know, when you get that sense of contentment, when you get that sense of joy and mission and purpose, you will get that as you serve and as you share Jesus. It's nice to do stuff for people, but it must include the message that's for all people. See, we all need God's help. I know some of you who don't understand such things might be offended by the following statement. But we're all born broken. We're just broken. It's like it was genetically passed down to us. And we need rescue from sin. You know, people say to me all the time, well, you know, there's really nothing we can do right now. Our country is so far divided. You know, you got the right and you got the left. The world's never seen anything like this before. Are you kidding me? They're like, well, it's that way in the church. Yeah. It was that way in the temple. The Pharisees, they were the right. The Sadducees, they were the left. They were the elite. They had all the money. But Jesus Christ is on a rescue mission for all people. After Jesus rose from the dead and before he ascended into heaven, John 20, 21, it says this, so Jesus said to them again, peace to you. These guys are freaking out. They're like, what is going on? They kill him, he's up, he's up, what's going on? As the Father sent me, I also send you. 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 I've said this many times to you guys, and if you haven't been here, you haven't heard it, the other people, I hope you don't get tired of hearing it because I'm not going to get tired of saying it. These are crazy days in which we live in, and God knew you would be alive at this time. Now you look around, you go, he ain't doing it with these people, no way. <laughs> right? Well, then we'll know it was him. <laughs> we'll know it was him. You see... Jesus' mission is our purpose. And that's not just in church, that's wherever we go. His mission is our purpose. His message is grace, and it's, that's not just the forgiveness of sins. Remember, we talk about all different kinds of grace. 
And did you know that Jesus' message, whether it's the forgiveness of sins, whether it's transforming grace, whatever kind of grace it is, it's on its way from God to you to somebody else. Did you know that? And none of us want to become cul-de-sacs of grace. We don't want to become dead ends of grace. We don't manufacture grace, but we are distributors of grace. And we distribute that to people. And maybe you say, I'm just not there yet. That's okay. As long as you want to change that in the way that God has gifted you. And you say, I don't know how God has gifted me. You got to get involved. You got to join a community group. You got to join a serving team. It only take a couple of months. You just ask the people you're serving with. You see any gifting in me? They'd be like, oh yeah, you're good at this. You're good at that. You're great at that. You're good at this. Often other people see it in us before we see it in ourselves. See, that's why our mission at this church is, and I didn't say it before during the announcements, but we always say it during the announcements, helping people grow into committed followers of Jesus Christ. Not just helping them become a follower of Jesus, but helping them grow into it, to always be growing, to always be maturing. That takes us to number three, the motivation, verse 33. And Joseph and his mother marveled, some versions say amazed, at those things which were spoken or said of him. Now, this is interesting. The word marvel and amazed is true. That's what everybody says about Jesus' earthly ministry 30 years later. They couldn't believe the stuff he was doing. They couldn't believe the way he spoke. Verse 34, then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, look, listen up. This child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against, or some verses say opposed. Verse 35, yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. You see, when Jesus is preached, you know, everything's all wonderful and stuff like that, but when we're told that we are sinners, broken people in need of a Savior who wants to forgive our sins and make us whole, what does it do? It reveals our hearts. And some people will be too narrow-minded to be able to hear the message of Jesus. It's so funny because sometimes people will say, oh, well, you Christians are so narrow-minded. And I'm saying, well, how do you know it's not you that's narrow-minded? On the one hand, you say the motivation, this seems like bad news. On the other hand, God has opened up the good news to be offered to the entire world through Jesus Christ. It's interesting, after all they have been through, that it says that they marveled or were they, they were amazed. Okay, did any of you forget? She was a virgin that had a baby. <laughs> now, you know, it's so easy to let that just roll off our tongue, isn't it? All right, can I let you let in a little secret? They knew how babies were made. Okay, a lot of them were farmers and stuff like that, you know. I knew people who worked on farms, like the kids who grew up across the street from me because I grew up across the street from a horse farm. They knew how a baby was made at like age three <laughs> before they could talk. They had met angels. Both of them had met angels. 
And yet they marveled and were amazed at what Simeon said. Remember, we said they're probably teenagers. Did it ever cross your mind when you think of Mary and Joseph that they were just two scared kids? Did you ever really think of that? Did you ever really give them credit for that? All they had to go through. I mean, even later on in Jesus' ministry, when he's in his young 30s, you know what the religious leaders say to him? The guys from Jerusalem, far from where he grew up, were we born out of fornication? In other words, we know your mother, that Joseph wasn't your father. We know the deal. Then news had spread. They knew. And it's Simeon, he blessed them. I wonder if it's something as simple as saying, I want God's best for you too. This is not going to be easy. But I want, I'm praying for you too that you hang in there through the troubles and difficulties of your life. Some of you have had people, I know I've had many times, the right person has come at the right time with that. It means a lot to people. When they are down, when they think they got nothing and somebody comes along and just says, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for God's best for you. I want you to hang in there. I want you to know that I'm, I'm a fan. You don't know, you have to be a theologian to say that stuff. You don't have to be that. You just have to be someone who's just willing to just open your mouth and let God use you to encourage someone. But for Mary, it says a sword will pierce her heart commonly understood as Jesus dying on the cross, but we're not told. Could be that the good news is going to test her too. It could also mean that as people hated her son, they're going to hate her too. And to this day, you know this. Responses to Jesus are all over the page. You tell somebody you're a follower of Jesus, like, oh, great to meet you. Me too. Your other people, they're like, I don't want to hear it and everything in between. For some people, the message of Jesus brings light. For other people, it increases the, the hardness of their heart towards Jesus. But as Jesus taught us, there's no neutrality. There's none. You're either for him or you are against him. And if you're not for him, then you are against him. To see Jesus is to see God's salvation and to see God himself. That's why I just, I love the Gospels. I just, ever since we've done this church, every few years I've done one of the Gospels on Sunday morning. Some of you are like, yes, we know, Matthew, three and a half years, Pastor Jim. <laughs> Luke was a year and a half. <laughs> but I just love to see what God is like. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And you watch what Jesus is like, how the way he takes care of the weak and the downtrodden and the way he just goes after the bullies. To see Jesus is to see God's salvation, to see God himself. And now it is our honor, our honor to show Jesus to people. And that will add great purpose and meaning to your life 
That doesn't mean everybody's going to be a pastor or a preacher. But people will see Jesus as we serve Jesus and as we love people. Simeon is a guy, he's content with life. Kind of jealous of the guy, aren't you? He's content with life. His purpose is probably just to know God better, to serve the Lord, and then he'll go out like the shepherds and what? Tell the story. Simeon is honest to with Mary. The cost of salvation, the forgiveness of our sins and eternal life for us will be huge. It will cost this baby his life on the cross. That's why there's no neutrality. And so I'm going to ask you just for a second to use your imagination. I want you to picture in your mind Jesus dying on the cross. What do you see? What do you see? What does it do to your soul? Does it motivate you to trust him? Does it motivate you to serve him? Or are you like the religious leaders, just wagging your head, walking away? Oh, well, I had a luck, but I'm no different than I was when I started. You see, the Bible tells us that Jesus died on the cross in your place, in my place for our sins. And your reaction to that will tell you where you stand with Jesus. You don't need to tell me where you stand with Jesus. You need to look at the cross and your reaction to that will tell you where you stand with him. Your reaction to looking at Jesus on the cross will tell you whether you will rise or you will fall. That's the terminology that Simeon uses. He said people will see him, some will rise, and some will fall. The key to this passage is to see Jesus, is to see God's salvation as God's ultimate purpose for your life. To rise is to come to Jesus and to be adopted by God. To fall is to refuse Jesus' offer and not be part of the kingdom of God and not be part of the kingdom of heaven. But here's some really good news to you if you are not a follower of Jesus. When we read the Bible, particularly when we read the New Testament, the life of Jesus and the apostles writing after he ascended into heaven, everyone fails except Jesus. Everyone falls. Everyone is humbled by their failure. Why is Simeon in the temple? Why does it go in there regularly? He has to make sacrifice for his sins. But now Jesus has made that sacrifice for all of us. Why would the Lord make it? So you have failed. So you have fallen. So he can rise you up. That's why. The good news of salvation is offered to all, but you have to consider it. You have to consider it carefully. You have to be challenged by it. 
and then you receive it by turning to God, realizing you were walking away from him, but now you turn to him and away from your sin and to him and to put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ. And by receiving this gift from God, you become a new creation in Christ, a person with a new purpose and a new mission. My prayer is that today you would open up the present of purpose. That the Lord Jesus would enlarge your heart and his mission and his purpose would become your mission and your purpose. And that would happen for you today. Thank you for joining us on today's edition of Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Would you like to hear this message again? Simply log on to our website, www.changedbyloveradio.com. There, you can listen to archived broadcasts. We promise that your heart and life will be touched very specifically when you take the time to listen to Pastor Jim's easy-to-follow, verse-by-verse teachings of the Bible. Also, know that we are thankful for your continued support and prayers that allow us to bring our show to you. Through this holiday season and messages just like this one, may you find joy in the Savior Jesus Christ. He can give you peace that passes all understanding, even during this busy time. Will you make plans to join us again next time for another encouraging, comforting, and also convicting teaching of the Word of God? Please do. We hope to be with you next time here on Changed by Love.